0: to the public safety innovators podcast <music> connecting you with experts and trendsetters who are leading innovation in law enforcement private security and personal protection <music> and now your host Adam Wills <music>
1: Welcome to Episode 18 of the Public Safety Innovators Podcast. Today, we are going to continue in our Cop Renewer series that we started with Bill Fogarty in Episode 13. In this episode, we are going to chat with Jason Smith, who is a former LAPD gang officer that started his own Facebook ads agency. Jason has an awesome story that he's going to tell us about his departure from law enforcement after he was greenlit by several gangs. Jason has successfully grown his business, Spotlight Social, to a multi-million dollar Facebook ads agency. In fact, he recently mentioned to me that his agency managed approximately $2 million in Facebook ad spend just over the Black Friday weekend. Jason is the quintessential cop and proof that you don't need an MBA to be successful at starting your own business post-law enforcement. Jason actually has his own podcast, The Truth About Social Ads, and if you're into heavy metal music, you'll love his show's intro. It just so happens that our shows are edited by the same person, and that's actually how we connect it. So we're going to do something fun, and instead of my normal intro music, we're going to do a mashup of both of our music. So let's drop the intro and get into the show.
0: Welcome to the show, man. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, appreciate you having me on.
1: Yeah, this is kind of exciting. We're kind of doing a mashup, if you will, here, uh, fellow podcaster. What, what's, uh, what podcast are you the host of?
0: Uh, yeah, so I'm the host of a podcast called The Truth About Social Ads, and we talk pretty much everything Facebook. Uh, and the reason why we call it The Truth About Social Ads is because we're kind of telling you the raw truth about really what goes on with Facebook ads and not just like all the fluff and being so vague like most most podcasts are. It's like nitty gritty truth. You know, that's kind of how I am anyways. I just kind of tell it how it is. So that's what it's all about. It's pretty cool. Down and dirty and, and just get to the, the nuts and bolts of it, huh? Exactly. <laughs>
1: well, <clears throat> I think it's kind of cool. Uh, our, our story and how you and I met, you know, happens to be that uh, we were both coached on how to start our podcast by the same person. And yep. we, uh, we made a connection that way because we're both former cops. Yep. yep. And, uh, so it's kind of neat to to have you on, you know, as I was telling you leading up to this, there's quite an audience here on the show that I call copreneurs that are interested in starting their own businesses and, and, uh, uh, have their own entrepreneurial ideas, and so it's great to have another fellow uh, former cop on the show to talk about what you're doing. And here in a little bit, we'll hear a little bit more about your story and and how you got to where you're at today.
0: Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I uh, when I was a policeman, you know, I always I always kind of had that entrepreneurial spirit, I guess you could call it, but I didn't really know exactly what to do. Which talking to a lot of other law enforcement guys that I with LEPD. They're like in the same boat. You got you have a, a, a quite a bit of free time to do something else. You just don't really know what to do. So, but yeah, we'll, we'll get into all that stuff later. So, yeah, for sure. So,
1: you run a Facebook ads agency, and obviously, you're you're solving some problems for people. What are you doing?
0: Yeah, so we run a a, a pretty pretty good Facebook ads agency. What we do is just basically help businesses grow and scale on Facebook, take their business to. Uh, levels that they never expected to be on Facebook. And, and we're really good at that. So that's that's the problem that we solve is a lot of people come to us starting their Facebook ads on their own, or maybe they hired like a lower level agency and they're just not happy with the scalability of what they've done on Facebook. They come to us and say, hey, we really want to get to the next level. Uh, we evaluate everything. And if we think we can take them there, then that's what we do. Now, do you think, is it possible
1: for somebody to be as successful at at running their own ads as you guys are able to be for them. I mean, what there, there's a lot of people that just kind of try to take it into their own hands, and I, I try to explain this to people all the time that there's so much more to running Facebook ads than just clicking the stupid little button that says <laughs> "boost this this ad," right, yeah. and then picking yeah. some some silly little geographic area. Can you tell us more about what you and as an agency are able to accomplish than what the average
0: person can do on their own? Yeah, for sure. I'll be completely honest. Like I am on my podcast, you're not going to get the same results running your own as, as if we were to take over your ads, right? Like it's not your full-time job. We do it every day. We, we have a partner manager at Facebook that helps us stay up with all the new updates. And if you have run Facebook ads in the past, you'll know that it's really hard to keep up with all the changes. I mean, one day to the next, you'll log into Business Manager and the, and the interface looks completely different, right? we have the new apple update coming up which is going to be a huge game changer and we're just lucky that we've grown to the point where we have a resource at facebook and literally i can pick up the phone and call her and say hey what's going on here or if we have any issues or disapprovals or ad accounts get shut down like i go directly to her she takes it to her powers at be and, and you know helps us out but you know on the side of of someone running their ads themselves it's like anything like i used to be in i used to shoot competitively and uh, guys would tell me all the time or ask me like, hey, you know, how are you so good? I'm like, I'm good because I practice every single day, right? Same thing goes with Facebook, right? Like shooting is a skill that if you if you take a break for six months, you're going to lose all your skills. You're going to have to build it back up again. You're going to have to learn how to sh- basically learn almost how to shoot over again. Your hands got to get adjusted, you know, your sure. eyes and all that stuff. So it, it's a skill that if you don't do it every day, there's too many variables to keep up with it if you take a break. And like if I were to go shoot competitively like I did before, I haven't shot competitively in probably two years, I'd get hammered, right? I, I would suck. Facebook's the same way. Like you can't just buy a course online because and that's one thing I want to touch on really quick is there's all these guys out there who say, oh, you know, buy my course for $1,000 dollars and I'll show you how to, how to scale your ads bullshit, dude. It's not going to work. Unless you really dive into this course, you spend every single day and you implement exactly what they're saying, which most people don't, You know, it's just not going to work. So buying a course online is not enough. If you really want to get to the next level with Facebook ads, you either have to have a good agency. And if anybody has questions on a good agency here, please reach out to me. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. And you don't have to hire me by any means. Get a good agency, someone you trust, and let them do their job. If they know what they're doing, they'll scale you up, and it may be a slow process, but you know you'll eventually get there. So, short answer is, you won't get as good results if I'm running your ads than you would if you know if you're running your ad yourself. Um, but there is some stuff you can do yourself to try to get to the point where at least you can see some sales coming in, or whatever you're doing. And it may not be sales; it could be getting people registered to a webinar. It could be you know a live event, whatever you're doing. But yeah, I mean, Facebook ads is complicated. Don't let anybody tell you online or a buddy or whatever, like, ah, oh, dude, that's easy. It's not easy. If it was, I wouldn't be making the money I'm making and I wouldn't be where I'm at today. So hope that answers your, your question.
1: Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, I think you pointed out a couple of really good things there. I mean, first of all, a- as entrepreneurs, we all have this, our knee-jerk reaction when we start a business is to bootstrap everything, right? So <laughs> yeah. we go, yeah, I could build my own website, and I could set up my own sales funnel, and I could do my yep. own email marketing, and I could write my own blog posts, and I can do my own Facebook ads. And I, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that. We've talked right. about that before on the show that, you know, it's, it's okay to bootstrap. In fact, you have to, like you have to prove the concept of your, of your business and identify if people actually want what you have to offer first. But at some point you have to take the recognition that it is more important for you as the leader of your business, the one who's running it, the the mastermind behind it to work on your business, not in your business. Right, And so we talked about this a bit with uh, Bill Fogarty, episode 13. Uh, we talked to Bill Fogarty on the show, and he spouted off this list of seven foundational principles for starting your own business post-law enforcement. And the mm-hmm. last one, number seven, was find the money to do it right and invest in somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah, And that's exactly what you're talking about. I mean, there's just yeah. beyond the knowledge part of it. You know, you could take these courses like you said and and they're they're out there in abundance. Everybody
0: is <laughs> everybody, everybody wants to sell a course. Trust me. <laughs> you know,
1: <laughs> and everybody has a YouTube PhD. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And so I mean those courses are out there and it's not that the knowledge they're sharing is wrong. It's just that the platform itself of Facebook and Instagram and any of these other social media platforms it evolves so much over time and people's buying habits change based upon whatever's going on in the world, like we've saw seen this last year, that you need somebody who is constantly immersed in that world yeah, exactly. of Facebook ads, for example, yep. to be able to give you the best strategy and maximize the amount of money that you're spending on
0: your ads, so you can get a higher return. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Totally. And, and Again, like I don't even have a course that I'm selling. You know what I mean? I've been doing this for a long time, very successful at it, really good at running Facebook ads and Instagram ads and growing businesses and all this stuff. Like, if I let you into my business manager and showed you all the clients we have, most people are like, holy crap. And I don't, I'm not even out there trying to sell a course like, hey, let me show you how to run Facebook ads because I know, I know that you're not going to be able to get the same results as I can get you. And, Also, I do want to point out, and you mentioned something that I kind of want to just elaborate on a little bit is that try to find, you know, that principle number seven that you were talking about, try to find somebody that knows what they're doing that you can trust. That's also hard, right? Where do you go? Like, there's all these people, you're getting ads, you're probably getting ads in your newsfeed every day. Hey, this is Joe from so and so marketing. Let me help you scale your Facebook ads. Can you really trust that guy? Maybe call him and interview him, you know, get on a phone call with. But it's also very hard to find a good agency. There's a lot of really crappy agencies out there that will charge you $5,000 a month and not do anything for you. And then that makes my job harder because when you come to me and you say, "Hey man, you know, I have this agency, I don't think it's working out." Then I get in and I do an audit for you and I give you like a 30-page audit of what we could be doing better what we would do is if our agency came out and handled your stuff and it's not to talk trash about the other agency I mean literally I don't say anything I go in and do an audit and people freak out they're like holy crap some of the stuff I didn't even I didn't even know you could do with Facebook why didn't the agency do this for me before I'm like look I don't know why the agency did, didn't do that for you before we're here now and it just it makes us have to jump through all these hoops and red tape to to gain confidence and trust with the client, which they should have been handled correctly in the first, in the first place. So it's, it's really hard to find good people sometimes, especially in the agency world where, you know, you know how it is. I mean, I'm sure you've had people come to you and they're like, oh man, this guy totally messed up my funnel. Then you look at it and you're like, holy crap, dude, this is horrible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Well,
1: I think, I think the biggest problem in digital marketing in general, right? Whether it's as a marketing strategist and web designer uh, fulfillment agency like I am or doing Facebook ads is that it's also one of the benefits. So it's a double-edged sword here, but the internet allows us to connect with people all over the place, but it also allows us to be a little bit less than honest about how we fulfill things. So what I mean by that is, it's not just Facebook ads agencies. There are a lot of what I would call shadow agencies out there, yep. which they're actually, they're essentially acting as a broker. It's just somebody right. saying, right. I'm a Facebook ads agency, but really all they are is a salesperson. And they're
0: just passing you off to actually be managed by somebody else. Yeah, and there's, they're, paying, there's a, they're just paying a third party to, to actually run the ads while they're they're doing exactly. client work, you know, like I'll deal with the customer. Hey dude, you're in the Philippines, you run the ads, you know what I mean? And it's not going to work. So.
1: Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not opposed to outsourcing some forms of work is in, right. in, a general statement. It's just yep. with the Facebook ads world, especially there's, there's a lot of people out there that would claim to be gurus in the Facebook <laughs> ad space that really have no idea what they're
0: doing. They just know how to sell. Yeah, for sure. They, they know how to talk on it. I mean, dude, I, I'm never even on videos saying, Hey guys, I'm a Facebook ad expert. You should listen to me. You know, when I hear that and I'm just like, Oh dude, <laughs> you know, it just makes me laugh. So, yeah.
1: And I think uh, the value in hiring the right person or agency to, to run your ads often what I hear from my clients. I mean, we don't, I don't manage Facebook ads. You know that. Cause I've called you to talk about referrals before. Yep. Um, yep. It's just not something I hate. I hate social media. I'm just going to be honest. I, I'm terrible at it myself. I I need to hire a social media manager of my own because I don't do anything with it and I really need to. But anyway, the biggest rebuttal that I get from people is, well, I don't want to have to pay the ads management fee, right? Because kind of the standard, the standard fee is
0: like what? 20% of ad spend, right? Typically, yeah, it kind of depends. Yeah, I mean it really depends on how much you're spending cuz we we couldn't like if you're only spending let's say 3 3k a month, like I can't come in and say, "Hey, our minimum fee is 2500" and then guess what it's going to be another 10% of ad spend. Like realistically, you, I mean, I can't can't do that to people. If, you, if you're spending, I would say between 50 to 100 a month on ad spend, then a smart agency would come in and say, "Okay, you know what? Let's work out a deal where we charge you a minimum And then a percentage of ad spend. But normally, what we do is when we start out with clients is we start we start out at a three month retainer, no percentage of ad spend, just to kind of prove that we know what we're doing. After the three months, we come back and say, okay, cool. When you started with us, you were spending five. Now you're spending thirty. You know, let's get you up to fifty. Then we'll do a percentage of ad spend and a low like retainer. But for now, we're going to keep it like a five thousand dollar retainer, right? Something like that. Uh, and yeah. we're really flexible with well, our fees too. We're not like, nope, it's this. If you can't afford it, we're out. Like if we believe in your business and we really think we can scale you and you got a good model, then there's a lot to say for that as well. For sure.
1: Yeah, I, I really appreciate, I, I I like that model because so many other agencies are a lot more locked into this idea of a 20% every month. But But either way, the idea that, that I want to pull out here is that mm-hmm. the return on that investment far outweighs what you spend on it. I have never seen anybody go to a Facebook ads agency that actually knows what they're doing and not recoup what they spent in that management fee. What the question really comes down to is whether the person can afford the amount of ad spend that is necessary in order to see success. So I I feel like that's a more important metric than people getting hung up on this idea of, well, what am I going to have to pay for management? Right. (laughs) That, that is completely irrelevant because if you go with the right ads agency, whatever you pay for management is going, you're going to earn it back. It's not even a thing. It's just a question of, do you have the capital to be able to invest each month in the amount of ad spend that is necessary in order to be successful? So yep what typically is that, and I know there's a lot of variables to that, like the industry type and what the product is or whether it's a physical product or a service and all these other things, but typically, what do you see like where's the bottom like you know you have to spend at least this in order to see some success, and is there a point where you get to where you say this is the golden spot to hit right here if you if you hit thirty thousand or more a month in ad spend, you're just gonna fart rainbows <laughs>
0: right, <laughs> yeah yeah I mean there there's a there's a few ways to look at this and I, I get this question all the time when either newer businesses are starting up or you know people want to scale like hey Jason, how much should we spend? Well, and it really depends on your product. So let's say you have a physical product or let's say you have a digital product I don't care right but let's say your digital product that you want to sell is a thousand dollar program and you come to me and say, well Jason, all I can afford to spend on Facebook the first 30 days is two thousand dollars. And I'll say, well, then I'm probably not going to be able to do anything for you because let me tell you why. If you're expecting someone to pay $1,000 for your product, and you can only spend $2,000 on Facebook ads, we have a big problem here. And the reason why is because normally on Facebook, what you need to do is say, okay, it costs me $1,000. A customer is going to buy my product for $1,000. And normally, what we say is, whatever it costs the customer to acquire your product, spend three times that, right? And, okay. and why I say that is because if your product costs a thousand dollars and it's a digital product and you have zero margin, you it's all profit, then you could probably spend upwards to three hundred dollars to acquire a customer. And so, just imagine if if it costs you three hundred dollars, but they buy a thousand dollar product, that's still a really good return on your investment. And you you see these ads out there? Oh, I can get you five dollar leads, dude. That's bullshit. You know, you it, <laughs> you can't just tell somebody blanket, "Hey, I can get you five dollar leads or three dollar leads." Dude, every product is different. I'll tell you right now. If you're selling a product that's a thousand dollars, there is no way any ad agency can get you a lead for. Five bucks it's gonna be more like a hundred bucks so you have to think about your business what you're what you're doing your final product uh, price point and then we put if your product costs a thousand dollars then technically you should be spending between three to six thousand dollars your first thirty days to really give Facebook enough bandwidth to go out there and find the right person that's gonna buy your product for a thousand dollars and that's what I tell people and then they kind of freak out. But then they look at it logically on paper and they say, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Because if I expect somebody to buy a thousand dollar product of mine, I got to be spending more than a thousand dollars a month to acquire those purchases. Now, the other thing too is we can't guarantee that someone's gonna buy your product, right? If we've never run ads for you, you don't have a proven sales funnel, you don't have purchases already underway, you know, and it also depends on, okay, how many purchases do you need just to cover like my fee? your Facebook ad spend and like your business costs. And so we we kind of re we, we reengineer everything and work backwards instead of forwards because that really gives us some solid numbers. So then we could say, okay, realistically and we're very good about setting realistic expectations for our clients. It's not these overinflated um, numbers where it's like, "Oh, I want to sell 100 this month." Like, dude, relax. Like, this is your first month, you know? Like, let's just Let's let's do it slowly here. So realistically, and that's why I ask questions like, how much do you need to make in purchases of this thousand dollar program to cover your costs, cover my costs, and like maybe some of your business expenses, maybe your VA or something like that, right? Okay, um, I need ten. So you need to st- you need to sell ten courses in your first thirty days, which is ten thousand dollars to kind of cover all your costs. Yes, okay, that's what we're shooting for. Okay, well, how much do we need to spend to get those? Well, if we it, it, you know, if we want to sell 10 courses, we're probably going to have to spend between $5 and $7,000 your first month. now, the other costs, of course, there's my cost and all this stuff, but that's kind of how it all works out is you got to you got to think about how much your or, or how much your price point is, what what people are buying your product for, how much you need in revenue to cover. And again, we're not we're not talking about Making money uh, and selling 100 courses the first month now if we sell 50 the first month and you sell and you you make 50k, awesome like that's where we want to be, right but I want to set realistic expectations for clients right when they start because if you don't, trust me, dude, it's blown up in my face before I've learned over the years not to do that because if the client comes and says, oh I want to sell 100 courses this month okay, have you sold any before? no, but I know I can do it okay how do you know though? Does your landing page convert? Well, I don't know. So it's it's all a learning process, right? It's like I mean, you know that, right? It's like you can't just when you start running traffic to a landing page, you you have a really good feeling this is going to convert. You you deploy tactics that you know are proven and all that good stuff, but do you really know if it's going to convert? No, until you start running traffic, then you tweak from there, right? And that's what we do at the agency. We test hundreds of different ads um, monthly, you know, for clients and come out with the winners, scale up the winners, turn off the losers, and that's how you scale. I mean, I'm making it sound a lot easier than really what it is, but, but essentially, that's what it is, you know? Well, um, tr- truthfully, what it comes down to and what people have to understand really about anything in
1: the digital marketing space, but specifically Facebook ads for sure, it's a long game it's not yep. there's no Absolutely. instant magical solution that is going to to just work and you're going to see in 30 days you're like oh my gosh it's amazing and it's the same thing with like seo or like you've mentioned uh running a sales funnel. It's it's mm-hmm. the same. It's a long game. You know, you've got to yes. invest that money up front and just be consistent with it. We have a an SEO service that that we run in house here, and you'll you'll love this. It's it's called Breacher SEO. Breacher, as in like the first guy through the door, right? right. Yeah. So breacher seo and the whole concept is it's competitor conquesting where we research keywords that your competitors are ranking for and then we just attack them and and try to steal their traffic and Uh so anyway that whole thing i tell everybody when they start on that say listen you've got to give this at least three to four months before you're going to start seeing anything and it's hard you know it's a it's a big investment like uh, it is with Facebook ads, you know, I get people that are like, they're a month and a half or two months in. They're like, why why am I not seeing anything yet? I'm like, just give it time. Right. Yeah. And then usually by month five or six, they're calling me up and saying, can you turn the dial down a little bit? I can't keep up with all the the phone calls. Right. And so it's the same idea. It's just a long game. You've got to be patient. You've got to be consistent. Uh, You've got to stick with it.
0: Yeah. And it's hard, you know, it's hard to wait. You know what I mean? Trust me. We, we know. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's yeah. hard to wait that time. Like it, we get it, you know, but you have to do it. It's like anything else. You're not going to get good at it overnight. Take some time. Yeah, for sure. Here we are with chapter
1: six of the Marketing Minute. Tips to help you start your own business post-law enforcement or grow your existing business. We are continuing in our series, the seven critical elements of an effective story-based marketing strategy. So, you've just given your customer a clear call to action. Will they do it? Probably not. Remember, your purpose as a business owner is to help your customer solve a problem. And here's the single most important thing you need to know about how human beings make purchasing decisions. Every human being is trying to avoid a tragic ending you have to tell your customers that there is failure at stake if they don't make the decision to use your whiz bang or sign up for your service. This is counterintuitive because we don't want to scare our customers. But if you fail to warn your customer about the tragedy that could befall them if they don't work with you, you fail to answer the so what question every customer is secretly asking themselves. Simply put, if you don't warn your customer that there is something at stake, you are doing them a disservice. Shame on you. That's it for today's Marketing Minute. Go and check out every chapter by going to psi.chat forward slash marketing minute. Now, let's get back to the show. So I kind of think Facebook ads in general are something that the law enforcement sector and, and even companies that are in the public safety industry. So like companies that are marketing products and services to law enforcement and public safety agencies. I feel like the idea of using Facebook ads has really been lost in there. And and I want to use this time for a few minutes here to try and um, encourage both law enforcement agencies and companies in the public safety space to understand how leveraging Facebook ads can really benefit them. Can you speak to that?
0: Yeah. So, you know, so how it can benefit them is tremendous, right? Number one, with Facebook and Instagram and people tell me all the time, oh, well, my audience isn't on Facebook. And then we run Facebook ads and 90% of the purchases are on Facebook. It's pretty funny, you know, but Facebook is the biggest platform. I hate Facebook. Sorry. yeah i sorry I know <laughs> I, oh totally and you know what actually it's funny because on the personal side if you if you send me a friend request I never post anything you know like yeah I'm the same way the same like, way but, yeah like I, I don't post the uh, last thing I want to do after running Facebook ads all day is go in and post about you know, how I'm sitting in the ER or something, you know, I hate that too. You know, know
1: that <laughs> you're, you're eating a bologna sandwich. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> oh, here's my food. I'm eating at this restaurant, right? Like, I <laughs> crap, you know, but, but here's Sorry, the took
1: us down a rabbit trail.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Like, don't get me started on that stuff. But here's the deal though. On the business side, Facebook's awesome. Right. Um, and, and you have to think about it that way. There's personal Facebook and there's business Facebook. You should be posting on your business page. You you should try to at least, you know, either that or hire a VA to, to to post once a day for you or something like that. But the reason why Facebook is so powerful is number one, you get access to a free platform that you can run ads off of. Okay, and and it kind of irks me a little bit when I hear people constantly talk shit about Facebook, not the personal side, the business side, right? Yeah. about how all oh, Facebook, this and that, well, listen, dude, you get access to a free platform. You know, how much does Clickfunnels cost? 297 a month? Is Facebook charging you 297 a month to use their platform? No, it's free, right? So you get to log into a free platform. Yes, they have rules and your ad account could get shut down, but it's free. and that's one thing that people don't understand. It's a free platform you get to log into. Number n- Number two, yes, you have to pay for the ad spend, but that's only logical. Right. Like, you know, if you want Facebook to run your ads and Facebook is a, it's an awesome platform when you know how to use it right. The things you can accomplish with Facebook, for example, give you one example. And this is the benefit of Facebook. I had a guy come to us, but it's a business called Responsible Products. If you want to look it up, Uh, it's an e-commerce store. They do compostable, biodegradable, eco-free, organic, like uh, sandwich bags and trash bags and all that kind of stuff. Right. Really cool. And he came to me and he said, Hey dude, I I you know, I'm sure people will buy this. People are kind of green friendly now and all that stuff. What do you think? I'm like, Yeah, let's try it out. He he wasn't even didn't even exist on Facebook. We started out spending, you know, like fifty bucks a day. All these orders are pouring in. Now two months later, he's spending 40k a month on Facebook. Okay. His business quadrupled in two months on facebook again he had us running his ads we ran the ads correctly like everything was good he's got a you know we optimized his shopify store we helped him out with that like and he had to pay money to do all this right like he wasn't just oh yeah work for free but you know he paid us to do all this but without facebook he could have never have accomplished that he's now targeting people across the united states which if you have a storefront, you're limited up to local traffic. And that's, a lot, that's, that's the reason why brick and mortar businesses fail a lot is because you just like either people don't know about you. Yeah, you could run a local Facebook ad, but then they're going to go to Target or wherever else. But with Facebook ads, if you have an online store, you have the ability to potentially market all over the world. right? And we're just marketing for this guy in, in the US right now, but he just opened up Canada. You know what I mean? And, you know, a couple other English speaking countries. And that's the power of Facebook. So, and I didn't mention he's getting a three X return on $40,000 in spend. So do the math. That's awesome. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's
1: like walking up to an ATM machine, sticking in a dollar, and getting three dollars back.
0: Yeah. I and mean, again, and again, like he had to put in a lot of money to get this going. He had to build a Shopify store. He paid us to do that, right? Like we optimized it for conversions, and of course, he's paying us uh now. And it's funny because he's like, "Holy crap! I went from paying your guys minimum fee to almost doubling my fee in two months because of how much I'm spending." Well, dude. You know that's a good problem to have, right? A lot of people are struggling right now, so so that's the power of Facebook and and what Facebook could do for you if done right. If your funnel and you know if your funnel or landing page, sales page, whatever you're doing is done correctly, you know the potential for you to explode is there. Now again, this doesn't happen very often. I've had you know I had another guy come to us. He he uh, he has a medical device e-commerce store again. And he started out, he was selling a lot on Amazon, but didn't have any Facebook traffic going. And it's been about eight months now. And he's, we started at zero. And now he's spending 300K a month at a 2X return wow. on Facebook.
1: That's, so that's awesome, this, man.
0: Selling one product, dude, this little tiny medical product that helps you breathe better. That's all it is. I mean, and he sends me emails like literally once a week. It's like, hey, Jason, I just want to thank your team. I'm like, dude. This is what we do, right? And again, he's paying for it, right? We're we're charging him a hefty fee now because he's spending three hundred k a month. But again, he sees the value in it now. He's like, man, I wish I would have done this a couple years ago. Yeah, you know that's what most people say, you know. And and also, I don't want to you know blow any smoke here either. This doesn't happen with everybody. Some clients come to us and it just doesn't work. We can't make people buy your product. You know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Like that's just. That's the old analogy, you know, and 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 if we think it's a great product, all this stuff, but people just don't want it. And sometimes we have to be the ones to step up and say, hey, dude, you know what? Like I, I don't want to keep taking your money. Sales aren't coming in. Maybe we need to figure this out. Maybe you need to move on. You know, and we've done that several times. So it doesn't happen like this with everybody, but the majority of the time, I would say that probably only happens about 10 to 20% of the time. 70, 80% of the time, we're getting really good results for for clients. So it's Awesome. Pretty, yeah. Well,
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna open a story loop here a little bit, Jason, for the audience, because coming up on another show here soon, another episode, I'm gonna actually be talking to, and I don't want to say the name of the law enforcement agency yet, because I just want that to be a surprise. But I'm gonna sure. be having actually a group a group of guys from a law enforcement agency. We'll we'll say it's a Midwest law enforcement agency mm-hmm. who has successfully used Facebook ads. In order to reduce gun crimes in their city. Cool. And recover stolen firearms. So that's going to be kind of a, a connection to this episode that's coming up and how specifically you law enforcement agencies can leverage Facebook ads. Cause I know it's kind of a, it's kind of a strange concept to think of spending taxpayer dollars on Facebook ads. But if you can demonstrate a return on that investment that shows crime going down and crimes yeah. being solved hey that's a good investment of the taxpayer dollars as far as i'm concerned awesome um, yeah. so yeah we're going to come back to that but, but hey right now jason i know you've got a meeting coming up here actually with facebook um, and i want to be respectful of your time but we've got some some more important stuff we got to talk about here real quick before you go because again the whole idea here is that you yourself are a and, and I want you to share with everybody a bit about your story and your journey in law enforcement, how you started in law enforcement, and then ultimately how you came to transition from an L.A. gang cop to now the CEO of a multi-million dollar Facebook ads agency. So tell us your
0: origin story. Gosh, crazy to, to think that, you know, I really felt like I was stuck in my law enforcement career. But anyways, yeah, so I was, uh, I was an LAPD officer for uh, almost 14 years and gosh th- this was totally a fluke deal which you know kind of happens a lot to a lot of entrepreneurs you see a door open and you kind of jump through it and see what happens but you know i uh, i'll be honest i was sick of the politics <laughs> at LAPD i was you know um i was getting benched for being out there chasing gang members and um getting guns off the street and cleaning up neighborhoods and you know all that stuff and i was just couldn't trust a lot of people in the police department. It seemed like all they wanted to do was promote and you know that story, right? Yeah. I had a really heavy jacket. You know, my, my personnel file was probably, you know, 200 pages thick. And, um, you know, (laughs) because you know, I've been in shootings. I've, you know, been shot at, I've done everything right. And I don't want to sound like the typical guy and I don't want other law enforcement officers to be like, Oh yeah, whatever. But I did work in one of the most violent cities in, in Los Angeles. And, I worked in Watts, South LA, I worked in East LA, Boyle Heights area, and those were very violent areas where, you know, in 6 square miles we had 200 homicides a year in 6 square miles. Okay? So that'll yeah. give you the level of violence that we were dealing with. And when I was a policeman there in, in LAPD, it was it was probably at its worst. And I did everything, you know, narcotics, I worked our specialized metro unit. I didn't get to SWAT because my personnel file was, you know, 10 pages thick, which Actually, I thought being a SWAT copper—that's what you wanted. But I guess LAPD didn't think that way. So, <laughs> um, but, yeah. but and I been in shootings, and you know, I thought I was perfectly qualified to go to SWAT. And uh, but I was slowly looking for something or a kind of a way out. I just didn't know where. I didn't want to be one of those guys that was like stuck, retire at 25 years. And I'll be honest too, like LAPD's retirement's not that good. Like most guys have to. Work after their
1: yeah, I've heard that
0: yeah, like it's not very it's not very good.
1: NYPD is that way too, I
0: hear. Yeah, yeah, it's super weird, right? You would think that these huge agencies with ten thousand officers would have the most money, and and I mean, dude, we get uh, you know LAPD is known for their training and how tactical LAPD is, and I was involved in stressful situations every single, you know, I was drawing my weapon probably twenty times a night, you know, to be uh, realistic, and and what I did, I loved chasing gang members like you know that's what i did and inherently if you do that you're going to get into really bad situations and and i did the kind of the the final straw for me was uh there was a couple gangs in la couple of you know hundred year old gangs in la in projects and all that stuff where i was you know working my butt off um gang injunctions all kinds of stuff going on there i i had two shootings uh in 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 the housing projects in the same gang and then uh ended up guy got released from prison after being there for 20 years and this whole thing ensued and we had an in custody death cuz he you know when he got out he was doing all kinds of drugs and all this stuff and and uh and then so he died so i basically had 3 kills from the same gang and the gang of course they didn't like that very much so you know they greenlit me my my letter went up to Pelican uh-huh. Bay to a, a you know a high security prison and where the yeah. uh, the Mexican mafia runs everything and my name was on a, on a letter saying, hey, we want to kill this guy. And then I, I kind of took a step back and I was like, okay, uh, after four informants were coming forward saying, hey, dude, you got to get this guy out. They're going to kill him. They already have a plan. They're going to ambush him getting on the freeway. He knows where he, you know, he knows what freeway he takes home. He knows where they live. He's got two kids. He knows what he drives. Like, so for a gang to go to that length to find out all this information about me and to want to want me dead, you know, I was out there beating the streets pretty good, right? So. That was kind of the point where I'm like, okay, I'm getting paid what $80,000 a year, never home. Nickels. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like, like it's ridiculous. You know what I mean? And I'm getting paid all the, uh, like, hardly any money. I never see my family. I'm a gang expert testifying in, in gang trials, you know, three times a week. I'm working sometimes 24, 30 hours straight because it's so busy in Los Angeles. I was divorced, you know, and it's probably because I was never home and it's, it's a hard life. Right. It, it, and yeah. it just yeah. took a step back and I'm like, and now supposedly this gang wants me dead and all this stuff. And you know, the, all these, now all these gangs of like joined rivalries because he got cousins who are part of hazard. And then my other cousins, part of Lincoln Heights and all these other gangs, and they're joining forces now to make sure that I, you know, I basically don't come back one day. I'm like, okay, you know, what the hell am I doing here? And, I think you that know,
1: that story resonates with a lot of people that are listening to this show. It resonates yeah. with me. Uh, yeah. There's there, there's a lot of correlation there in our stories.
0: Yeah, for sure. And so so I was looking for something, and and lo and behold, one of my buddies who wasn't uh, a law enforcement officer, he actually was selling like some supplements. Said, hey, you know, this is when Facebook ads had first came out. And he said, Hey dude, I heard about Facebook ads and you know, just being a buddy like on my days off. And actually I was I was assigned home at the time because um, this gang was after me, so they assigned me home and so I was just had nothing to do. So I ended up just helping out with some Facebook ads, and lo and behold, he starts sales started rolling in from Facebook ads. And I was like, Oh man, this maybe maybe we could actually do something here, right? So then I ended up searching up some courses. I actually ended up spending fifteen thousand dollars on a on a on a really high level Facebook certification course where you actually get to go to Facebook and train a little bit there and you have to pass a test and all this stuff and I ended up passing the test and I found out that you got agency owners making thirty forty fifty thousand dollars a month, and I was like, Wait, what? I'm making like four thousand a month, you know' And I couldn't believe it was possible. And then I, dude, I work from home. I'm virtual. Like all my employees are virtual. I'm like, nah, man, this is too good to be true. But but once I got into it more, I realized that man, you could actually do it. And to make a long story short, I ended up starting the agency, and I was making ten thousand dollars a month before I quit the 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 police department. I literally, once that ten thousand dollars a month was coming in, I literally walked in with with my resignation, threw it on the desk, and I'm like, I'm I'm freaking out of here. And my watch commander at the time was like, wait, wait, hold on. Like, you're kidding me, right? Like, cause, you know, I was, a, I was a pretty decent copper. I loved what I did and I was good at it. And they were like totally floored that I was quitting. Uh, and I kept it all a secret. Like, I didn't tell any of the other guys that I was doing a Facebook thing or whatever, cause they wouldn't have cared or they'd been like, yeah, dude, whatever, you know? And yeah, that's how it all started and worked out. And then months later, I was up to about 30K in revenue. I couldn't believe it. Living a lifestyle that I never thought possible, and I tell you what, if I wouldn't have quit, I would—I'd uh, still be making pennies, and I wouldn't be where I'm at today. So I'm truly grateful for that.
1: Yeah, that's an awesome story. There was a, a part of your story that you shared on your podcast when I was listening to it about how you you went to that that high level course you were talking about, yeah. and in, for everybody else that's listening, because they I obviously can't see you right now, Jason <laughs> is all tatted up um, covered in tattoos, beard, the whole nine yards. Right. And you were, you were talking about how you walked into this class and you immediately were like, I don't think I'm in the right place. Like you felt out of place. Totally. And that, that story really resonated with me because I think we all kind of go through that in this transition. When we leave law enforcement, we're just so used to the type of camaraderie and brotherhood sisterhood whatever that we have in law enforcement that when we step out into the private sector we're like man this doesn't this feels weird yeah and so like when I left my law enforcement career and decided to go full-time into my marketing agency one of the very first things I did like within a couple months of, of being done with my law enforcement career I went to the Denver Digital Summit And I mean, there are thousands and thousands of people there, marketers and, and web designers, whatever. And I felt so out of place. I'm like, these are not my people. This is we, these are, people are weird. Yeah. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, do they like, do they look at me and realize that I'm out of place too? Or is it just, I mean, it it was the strangest thing ever, man. But I got to tell you what, you know, it's just one of those things you got to stick with and, and, uh, you know, put your stake in the ground mark out your territory and say, you know what, this is me. Because ultimately, even though I would say I still stick out like a sore thumb in my industry, that has really benefited me because now I have become a go-to to to companies that are working with public safety, private security, uh, law enforcement, because they look at me and they're like, there's no other marketer that I know of that has the background like you do in public safety. And specifically as an administrator, you know, What we need to say to market to our audience, and so it's really helped me carve out a niche. And so, yeah, I might not be part of that that same crowd necessarily, but it's benefited me.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I, you know, when I said that too on my podcast, it it was true. Like, I, you know, here I am in dickies and a freaking flannel, long hair down to my shoulders, my beard's like halfway down to my chest, and uh, it's it's hilarious because I, I had my flannel on, but my knuckles are also tatted. So, like people were looking at me going where the hell like is this dude is this dude going to like the marijuana convention or what you know <laughs> like, and but I will say that at the end cuz it was a 7 day training super intense and all this stuff I still there's like four guys that I still talk to pretty much daily from that training so although we look different we act different we're we're totally different people they cannot relate to me being in shootings chasing gang members and doing all this stuff but that doesn't matter right what matters is is they're great guys they taught me everything i need to know here they were the first ones to be like hey dude do you need a client yeah i do actually okay here you go and that's what i needed you know at the time and uh, i'll forever be grateful for some of the guys in that group that taught me about business and you know dude cops don't know anything about business like you know what i mean like i right. and i say it to this day even to my team like on calls, I'm like, dude, I'm just a dumb cop. You guys, dumb it down for me, you know? Uh, and they laugh. And it's okay to be that way, right? So, anybody listening to this podcast, any law enforcement officer, I want you to know that you're not stuck in your career as a law enforcement officer. There's plenty of, hey, opp- yeah, there's plenty of opportunities out there. Shoot, I almost did 14 years. Right? Like you would think after 14, I'd just be like, oh, dude, I'm, uh, I got a few more for 20. And then twenty five, I'll go and drop. I'll make a bunch of money in my retirement. And I, but I didn't, right? And I'm so glad that I didn't because I I would actually be about twenty one years on the job right now. I think, uh, but probably a little more. And I'd probably be miserable, be you know, working inside somewhere because I'd probably be in you trouble. Might be dead. Yeah, could I, actually. That's the other thing too. I'd, man, I could go on for hours. I mean, actually, there was a crackhead. That I gave a break to one time on the street there in, in Boyle Heights, and she saved my life one time. Some gangsters were waiting for me to come into a bar that I always went into every night. They stiffed in a call. They were waiting for me on the door with uh, with an AK forty seven. They were going to blast me coming through the door, and she saved my life right one night. Uh-huh. And and again, this like this accumulation of things, you know. And my wife was like, "Dude, you're you're going to die out there. You know that, right? Like one of these times, someone's going to catch you slipping." a gangster's going to catch you slipping somewhere and you're going to, you're going to die. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. And I, my pride didn't want me to say, yeah, you're probably right. It was like, nah, no one's going to get me, but that's where it gets cops in trouble. And I had to take a step back and that's why I did originally. So, so yeah. Awesome. Well, do you have
1: any final thoughts you want to share with the audience? Maybe some advice or encouragement uh, for those that are considering leaving law enforcement and starting their own business as well?
0: Yeah, I think kind of just like what I said earlier. You know, you're you're not stuck in in a career that either you don't want to be into, or you're sick of the politics, or you can't trust anybody. I had one partner for ten years that I could trust. That was it. And you're not stuck there. Reach out if you ever want to chat or talk, or if 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 both of us could be a, a source of inspiration for you to to take the next step. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying go put in your resignation and then figure out what you're gonna do. You know, you have plenty of time. Look for what you're going to do. Something will come up just like it yes. did for me. Walk through that door, take take a chance and it could be the best thing you ever did because it's the best thing that I ever did and now I'm home. I get to go to all my kids stuff. I can actually afford to do things and go on vacations and I don't have to finance everything, you know what I mean, which I did when I was a policeman. So don't think you're stuck. Take that leap of faith and trust yourself that that you can do it. And it, it may be rocky for a while. Cause it was for me, but that's what you have guys like us here for is to, to make sure you're in the right uh, position and you're going the right direction. So
1: that is, that is excellent advice. And I want to encourage everybody to, to go back to the last episode, episode 17 of the mm-hmm. public safety innovators podcast, where I talk about this exact thing about being prepared for the unexpected the departure, if you will, from, from your law enforcement career, whether it's something you're planning for, or it's just something that comes up that you don't expect. And you're in a situation where y- you've, you've got to transition to something different, have a plan in place for what that looks like. And yep. in that episode, yep. I give you some advice and some tips on, on how to do that. I also want you guys to go check out leo to ceocom that's leo to That is the website I set up for you guys. I'm going to start putting together resources on there to help you guys in your journey of planning your own business and what it looks like to get that off the ground and get started. I also want to give a shout out real quick to James Healy, who is the one that helped Jason and I both set up our podcasts and yep. edits our podcast for us. So if you're listening to this or, you know, Jason's podcast and you're like, Hey man, this sounds great. Like, you know, this high level production. I actually had somebody tell me that the other day that the, the production on the show
0: is high level. That's all James, man. James, yep. James is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, sure. And if you want to throw my info up on that site you were talking about too, please feel free. And if anybody wants to reach out and even if it's just to chat, A source of encouragement, or or anything, you know. I'm always here. I've I've been through it all at LEPD. I've been sued in federal court three times. uh, You know, been in shootings. I've been shot at. I know what it is to have PTSD and to have struggle with things. And if there's anything I can do, please feel free to reach out. I'm here for any law enforcement officer that that needs it. Not that you do need it, but if you do, we're here for you for sure.
1: Yeah, go check out the truth about social ads. That's Jason's podcast, yeah, and Jason, why don't you just let everybody else know exactly how they can connect with you? What other places can they find yet?
0: at? Yeah, for sure. Besides the truth about social ads, you can email me at Jason at spotlightsocialllc.com dot com and my website's spotlightsocialadvertising.com. If you want to go there, you can contact me through there to book a call, and you know we can chat. So whether it's about Facebook ads or law enforcement, whatever it is, I'd be more than happy to chat with uh, anybody, especially you know, coming from this podcast as well. So I'll be more than happy to.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks for being on the show, Jason. I think we held you over a little bit long here, but I'll, I'll thank you on behalf of the audience for that, because you gave us some awesome nuggets of, of insight and information there.
0: Yeah, man. No, no problem at all. I already told Facebook I'd be running a little bit behind, so we're good there. But yeah, thanks a lot for having me on. I appreciate it, man. Awesome.
1: Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out this episode of Public Safety Innovators Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please head over to my website at publicsafetyinnovatorspodcast.com or simply psi.chat, where you can check out episode notes and other episodes from the show. While you're there, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or really anywhere else that you prefer to listen to podcasts. I would greatly appreciate if you could help other people find the show by leaving a review wherever it is that you prefer to listen to the show. I'd love to hear from you. If you have feedback about the show, a suggestion on a guest, or maybe you're a public safety innovator yourself and would like to be a guest on the show, please head over to my contact page on the website and you can submit that information there or just email me at adam.com at psi.chat alright I'll catch you on the next episode